Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by WagerLab, show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, the professor, and I built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes that I call sideline. You know more about the models in the course of this episode. So to cover the Elite Eight here on Saturday, Sunday, March 25th and 26th here in the 2023 NCAA College Basketball Tournament. Kitchen here, make sure you hit up the web page, www.pixeltheprofessor.com slash new. We'll give you some explanations, community rules. We've got a Google Sheet that's linked in the show description. You can see silence projection every single game. Also have team ratings on there, uh, historical data, you know, how picks have done, all sorts of goodies in that Google Sheet. That's also in the show description. This is where we talk about the fact that you can also get picks on Patreon or Black Book Sports. We're covering every game here. But I do want to highlight here these last three days. I have told the people on Patreon what my favorite of all the picks that I gave out on show was. All three of those won. So, again, always good benefits being over there on Patreon uh, and or Black Book Sports. Remember the sports are predictable. So discussion in the show projects a typical game. does not try to forecast it to a tease. That would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view right here and get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three. These things balance on the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, uh, two things I want to talk about here. Uh, number one, uh, this week's been really good. Uh, I mean, we've had uh, just a really hot month here. It's been fantastic. I mean, I feel like more than hot. It's been just incredible run here for about the last month and i just want to remind people i made a comment about this in discord i just need a friendly psa right there are fewer games but that doesn't mean we should be wagering more than usual stick to your principles stick to your normal wager sizes if you get too over invested in the fact that there's only a handful of games left in the season you end up giving back all those profits you made so just as a friendly reminder there are fewer games that doesn't mean you have to bet them if you want to pass you can Keep to your same wager size. Don't just say, "Hey, I usually bet a you know hundred bucks on a Saturday, so normally I do ten ten dollar bets, and I'm just going to drop a hundred bucks on one game." Right? That's not the type of uh, gambling that we want to promote here, right, Jake? No, no, no. That that is that is gambling way too much. You want to stay very disciplined here and just keep. So that way, you keep all the money we've made all, especially this month. This month has been outrageous, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just a friendly PSA there. The, the other thing, Jake, that I want to talk about, the, the Elite Eight went not that different than we expected. I mean, for the most part, uh, we were nailing the CBI and the NIT picks, and we nailed, I think we went 6-2 and two in the Elite Eight. It went mostly like we thought it would. It's It's gone really well. Uh, the one really confusing thing, uh, Houston. Uh, not that they lost necessarily like upsets happen in sports, but man, Miami just dominated. Of course, we'll talk about Miami later in the show, but I don't know if you had anything to say about, cause I think again, we, we pretty much forecasted everything. Talk, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we, we, we talked about San Diego state. We said, Hey, at plus odds, like maybe that's worth the flyer. Like they could pull it off. You mentioned exactly how Bama shows some type of teams. We talked about FAU that turned out to be a pick that we added to Patreon as an A grade players. Those odds went up. We, and I kind of teased that in the show. I mean, but Houston, what in the world happened to Houston? That was, I mean, Miami is just on a run right now where they are just dominant at times. Yeah. Larry Nega, great coach. I mean, there's a, the reason I took, I said take the over in that was because I knew there was going to be stretches where Miami did what they did the entire game. I didn't see it coming the entire game. Right. I thought Houston would be able to flex their muscles a bit. Yeah. But man, that was, that was just incredible to watch them just 
rip apart what we know is a top tier defense. Yeah, absolutely. And again, props to you for being on that over. You nailed that one. Never a doubt in anybody's mind about that over. Uh, and and we, we've talked about, I've mentioned before, I like this Miami team. I love the guard play. Great coach. Uh, I just, I mean, I thought they were also going up against a great team and a great coach themselves. When you get one game, it doesn't necessarily prove anything. It doesn't, you know, it's just a still surprising though, to see just how well they played and, and how, uh, how human Houston looked too. They haven't looked that bad very much this season and when they have it's usually been because of injuries or something like that um but again that was you know the one confusing one but otherwise it's been just a lot of fun there have been so many great games uh we'll talk about kansas state later on of course but noel i mean just with the performance of a lifetime lord i mean just pulling stuff out of nowhere with it too like i was just outrageous like the one he picks up right after the bad ankle and just banks it in at the end of the shot clock buzzer is just like launches it falling over you know or some of those some of those assists he made too just you can see that being all over the one shining moment especially if they win that being the head play It'll make it'll make it either way, right? It, who knows exactly where? But yeah, there has. To, I mean, I, I feel like three or four of his plays just in that game has to make the montage there at the end of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, before we get to today's slate, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Already mentioned the Patreon. If you haven't yet, there are a lot of great benefits you found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day for another $2 a month. You get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat, which is the place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports from me, Jake, Cousin Jared, or other betters who are talking about golf picks and tennis picks and horse racing. And I don't know, pretty soon we'll be betting on pickleball and darts in there. Who, who knows? Uh, it's a lot of fun over there. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, is it, have you ever figured out, is it GIFs or GIFs, right? It's like, I, I feel like we never settled that. Like the, the person who made it said it was a GIF, but we all call them GIFs. Whatever the heck those things are that are funny, right? We do a lot of those over there too. So it's a lot of fun in the Discord chat. Uh, www.patreon.com slash picks the professor. Again, all these links are also in the show description, but even if you're not there, we're still thrilled that you're here. Also find out why thousands of casual bettors trust WagerLab as their betting and tracking app for friendly bets. WagerLab enables you to send and track bets with your friends on March Madness, sports TV shows, events and more keep your friends honest download the wager lab app today link in the show description jake uh i feel like we should do a wager lab pool for like the bachelor, the bachelor. yeah that'd be a blast we got a blast i don't know about the rest of you like i get sucked into that stuff because mrs professor watches it and uh we can have we can have yeah. some my, my guilty pleasure is survivor i love survivor I, you know, look, I, I'm more of a big brother guy myself than Survivor. I survive my problem with Survivor. I, I, I if you don't hear this, click fast forward. I'm gonna talk about 30 seconds. So I have to fast forward 30 <laughs> seconds. My, my issue with Survivor is it like throws me off too much because they can change who goes home at any given moment because everyone's on the table and it really just messes with my head that it's like so chaotic. I like the big brother format where at least I'm like focused on it's either this person or this person. And the whole week it's like talking, I can like focus in survivor is just like someone else comes out of the field. I'm like, what in the world just happened? Like I just, I, I just, my, my analytical math brain, I just get survivor just is too much for me. I don't know. It's just me personally. Yeah, I know. I, I just love it. Cause 
things happen and people make dumb decisions and i love it because if you like, oh, if you that like that chaos complete wrong person to trust you yes you if you yeah if you like the chaos that's good i don't know how we end up talking about this um a reminder that our total picks are traditional one unit bets all money line plays are to return three units it is the risk plus win will equal three that way we can play minus 700 if we feel like it we can play plus 700 if we feel like it and if we play a plus 700 we're risking a tiny 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 bit so if it doesn't win no big deal and on the minus 700 you know we're not risking seven units or something we're still maxing out at three that's the way i like to do it it allows us to have all of our options on the board you will see how this is reflected in the google sheet if you just click back to some of the previous days you can see how it works uh, it's just my personal system you can do whatever you want you can add them up to equal anything else that's just i like to have a little more on the sides than i do on the total so this is just the way i found it works Again, as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Do what you like, adjust how you like, whatever. Uh, and again, a reminder, we've collaborated on these picks. We have talked about them here uh, beforehand. Uh, it should be a, a great set of these four games. I, I'm really looking forward to all four of them for very different reasons. I, I, I feel like usually we get to the Elite and there's one kind of Cinderella team that's playing a number one seed and it's like a 10-point spread. And we don't have anything like that here. We have four really great games. And I, Jake, I know you're excited. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite round is because people hang banners going to the Final Four. You don't right. hang banners for the Elite Eight. So right. there, it just feels like there's just there's as a lot much of the on this as there is on the championship game for these teams, especially everybody we've got going now. Like, it, I mean, UConn and like, I don't know that many of these, any of these other teams have been to a Final Four. Texas went to a final four with TJ Ford. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's not, it might get Zag, of course. Um, But yeah, other than that, someone made the joke that it's almost like a NCAA football simulation went five years too long and we just got to chaos. And that's about what it feels like. It's a, it's great. I love it. Um, I I love this matchup here. All these games Fort Atlantic and K-State's going to be our first one here. 6.09 PM Eastern. We take Fort Atlantic plus 110. This is, what I would say is my favorite play of the day. So again, teasing the types of benefits you get on Patreon with the A-plus play of the day. Again, there's fewer games now, so I'm just telling everyone here a little little sneak peek. But what you're going to get over there on Patreon for baseball season is every day I'm going to tell you my favorite pick, my A-plus play. Uh, this would be it here, Florida Atlantic plus 110. It's, it's the strongest model edge. It's not even close. I went with Jake early before the show started. I went through the list of other games that have been this sort of edge, and they went like, 14 and one or something this postseason. I mean, this is a massive, that doesn't mean Florida Atlantic wins. It just means this is a massive edge here for Florida Atlantic. I'm considering Noel hundred percent. I'm not sure if that's true. Obviously I, I want to make sure we understand. So, so you don't have to make the dumb comment about this. Noel was insanely, incredibly good on one leg. I don't know if that carries over. I'm not sure he can do that again. Maybe he can. Maybe he's fine. I have no idea, but you just never really know. The next day, you lose the adrenaline. It tightens up. It's worse. You just don't – he might not be 100%. I don't know. But even if I consider him 100%, I saw Florida Atlantic is the better team. I've got him ranked 17th in the country. I think they're really good, really underrated. I said it from the very, very start when they played Memphis in that first round. And that – episode and in our bracket special jake i mentioned i said them and memphis neither one of them should have been eight nines it should have been a four or five matchup nope. uh florida atlantic's a really really good team i love k-state y'all know i've loved them all season long but i've got the florida atlantic should win this game by 3.4 points if they win it 61 percent of the time and that florida atlantic should be favored to the price of minus 156 so a super a grade play here on florida atlantic again there are no locks in gambling do not wager infinitely more on this game because of that but i do think this is a very strong play i love kansas state but the florida atlantic team is really good. And if Noel is hobbled at all from the 
extra day sitting around tightness, whatever. That just makes Florida Atlantic a stronger play. With regards to total, 143 and a half. Model says 143.7. So the model says the pass in the total. Jake, you really like an angle of the total. What is that angle? Look, look, I, I love the over here. I, I think this this pace is going to be up there at the top end. I know traditionally Florida Atlantic not a very fast team, but they like to play this kind of middle of the pace. You're going to play, yeah, like mm-hmm. which like is probably Tennessee why they're kind of game. middle of the pace because they'll kind yeah. of go up and down. Yeah, Tennessee game they slowed down. Uh, I mean, the game before that with FDU, I'm not sure that anybody could keep track of where the ball was. It's just. It was crazy. To be uh, fair, that's all. FDU can't keep track of the ball in their own games when they're playing because they yeah. kind of play so helter-skelter, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just proves this this team can go out there and be what they need to be on a given night, which is an impressive feat. I mean, they, they are a very, very good team. Uh, Kansas State's defense has not shown up well here towards the end of the year. Um, I mean, Kentucky's not a great offense, they but they got the 69. Montana State is an impressive team. That's 65. I mean, we got overtime, but that was a very high score against Michigan State. If I mean, if you go back farther, TCU 80, West Virginia 81, uh, Oklahoma 69, and we know how great they are at offense. Uh, it's just like the, their defense really hasn't shown up. I think we're going to get a ton of points, and I think that really leans Florida Atlantic's way because they, like the Tennessee game was was different. First half they were down, shouldn't have been. Tennessee, they outplayed Tennessee at every level, every part. The only reason Tennessee wasn't was ahead was because they were missing wide, wide open threes. It, and that's just not something this Florida Atlantic team does. They they are a really good three point shooting team, and that showed up in the second half when they went on the like twenty to two, twenty four to two, whatever run because those those open threes started dropping and Tennessee couldn't figure out anything. And then not to Tennessee's offense, you're like, woo, we shut Tennessee down, but. I mean, defensively, they stepped up and really solved any of the problems that they had. I think they win this game. I think we get a ton of points. I think we get a great game to watch. I, I, I like your angle there, which I, I, I'm hearing. I'm going to translate a little bit what you said there, maybe, which was we're getting a little bit of value on the over because everyone just saw Florida Atlantic go under against Tennessee. That says everything about Tennessee. We've been preaching that. And that that's not really about Florida Atlantic. That was about Tennessee. Now you're playing a team in Kansas State who plays a little bit faster. And Florida Atlantic's going to go back to that more higher scoring style that we saw earlier in the tournament and, and you think there's value in the over. So Jake, you're on the over there. Uh, Florida Atlantic plus odds, a fantastic pick in my opinion. 849 PM Eastern, uh, uh, UConn and Gonzaga, two best teams off in the tournament. Uh, my new number one in the model is UConn. Gonzaga is still sitting at number four. They have not yet passed uh, Alabama and Houston sitting at two and three. Of course, if they win this game, they they might. Uh, this Gonzaga team's been playing really well. They've been preaching it. They looked really good against UCLA. Uh, obviously, UCLA had a great first half, just couldn't really miss. But then uh, that was the only reason UCLA was in that game was because they just couldn't miss. And uh, otherwise, UCLA's injuries caught up to them against a good team, which is exactly what we said would happen. That it didn't matter that they were so thin, but missing two of their better players like that was unfortunate. Again, a full-strength UCLA team would have been a lot of fun to see in this tournament. Unfortunately, again, we didn't get that. But uh, Gonzaga's still looking really good. I I just can't not go with UConn. I I picked them from the very beginning. I've loved this team. 
I don't know. I feel like a broken record now. They were amazing. Then for some reason, they just stopped playing basketball and now they're amazing again. And they're my number one team. I can't pick against them. I don't love laying a big price like this. It's a D grade pick according to the model. As in basically the model says coin toss. The model says UConn wins 56% of the time. So the model really doesn't love either side here. I just think that as good as Gonzaga has looked, I still think Gonzaga has flaws versus as good as UConn has looked. I don't think UConn has any flaws. I think this UConn team is incredible. At this point, it's UConn's tournament to lose. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but the upsets yesterday of Alabama and Houston have opened it wide up for UConn. If they get past Gonzaga here, they are going to be in phenomenal shape. And like I said, to me, that's the bottom line. I love the way this Gonzaga team has played. I still think they're just, I think they're really good but I still think they have flaws and I can't really find, find many flaws in this UConn team. They are just incredible. So I'm going to grab UConn here. Model says they should win by 2.1. So again, model doesn't really like it. I'm just riding with UConn at this point. Total in this game is 153.5. Model says 152. Jake, what's your take on this one? My favorite play on this one, I really like the under. Because I think Connecticut is going to absolutely dominate this game. I think they are their smart play. They're the better play from a money line standpoint. But I really, really like the under because if you look at that UCLA game where Gonzaga absolutely struggled to play defense because UCLA was hitting everything, but like even if their offense was going, you've got two starters that went over, didn't score one bit, not a free throw, not anything, and rarely shot. Timmy took 24 shots of their 64, so a little more. It was all it was all Timmy shot. in that game for sure. And which is exactly what we talked about things. going into that game was that UCLA losing some size down low really was going to open the game up for Timmy in in a way that he should be able to dominate. That you should just be able to feed him all day long, and that's what happened. Yeah, and they did. Props to him. Great game yeah. plan to get to this point, but not going to work here. UConn, so much better defensively. So much, so much size yeah. inside. Yeah, so much size and strength. And, and one of the more things, like Timmy, great player, loving, great offensive player. He's a hindrance on defense. They have to hide it. You can't hide on this UConn team. They've got – everybody can score. Everybody's got a decent jump shot. You can't hide him. I mean, if you look at the end of the game where they're needing stops to keep UCLA from winning the game, he's off the floor because yeah. they can't do it. Um, and if UConn is going to shoot like they did, and, and credit and credit to them, and to the coach and the and the style, they held all their timeouts back so that they could do a lot of offense for defensive subs. Yeah. I was they were I think it was like within a minute to go, and Gonzaga calls timeout. And I look, and they're like, that was their. They still had three left at that point. I'm like that's yeah, almost unheard of these days to get inside a minute, still have three timeouts left. Yeah, a few. But they had coach, to do that because time. of that, because of that strategy, yeah. because they don't want them out there defensively. Yeah, and, and then their bench struggles. I mean, Malachi Smith scored fourteen. But other than that, they only had two other guys play, and Greg played five minutes. So I'm not even sure if you really want to count him. That was probably a Timmy breather at some point. Uh, it's just I, I just don't think Gonzaga has the defense. Their defense is really letting them down. I don't think – I think Sonogo and the other big guy for UConn is going to absolutely make Timmy's life very hard. He always struggles with these big physical defensive uh, big guys, and 
this is just a terrible matchup. It's a bad me. matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And and you end up with uh, the I don't, I don't remember his name, but the big white guy for UConn who kind of looks awkward. All of a sudden, he's like just dominates you, you know. And him and Sonogo are just like almost like a twin towers back from you know the the Spurs days back with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Almost that same sort of just two big giant guys who can you, you can always have one of them out there. When you put both of them out there, it's like what do you do to defend that? And yeah, I think UConn's got a lot of ways they can really attack Gonzaga here. Um, so you like the under? You think Timmy doesn't score a lot? You think UConn controls the pace? And I think that's an interesting angle. I, I'm not – I hate going under in a Gonzaga game, but I do like the angle of the fact that Gonzaga-UCLA went over. But I've long talked about UCLA doesn't have to play slow. They want to play slow, but they can play really fast, especially when they're fully healthy. Uh, they can run up and down the court, no big deal. They don't mind scoring. They don't mind – they're not a team like San Diego State that has to grind it out. So UCLA can be a little deceptive. They are a good defensive team that plays slower, but they can play faster. Um, and they and they they decided to they they that was their game plan and so if if UConn has a different game plan we're going to see a a different style of game than the last time Gonzaga played so that's kind of I think your angle more so on the under there and again we both like UConn here don't want to lay too big of odds but again in this minus one forty ish range laying two points I'm seeing two and a half right now I'd rather like two than two and a half uh, if if you're stuck at two and a half first I just I just stick the money line here again just adjust your wager if you're if you're a one unit better on everything. This would be a risk like 1.2 to win 0.8, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, if that's the way you're playing it. Uh, UConn, though, probably probably too much here for Gonzaga. Yeah, what's wild what you were saying about their big guys? Sonogo's not that big. He's 6'9". He's just like, he's just strong. Just, he's just, <laughs> just plays, like, plays like he's 7'2". And it's, he it's does. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a good point. He plays like he's 7'2", even though he's not. He's also just got so much physical strength. And that's like we talked about, too. That's what we talked about. I, again, Gonzaga's played really well. We can't overlook the fact that Gonzaga would have had a different game against TCU if Lampkin's in, and Gonzaga has a different game against UCLA if they're fully healthy. And I do not want to take anything away from this Gonzaga team. Again, I've got them as the fourth best team in the country. I think they're really good. But matchup-wise, they did get lucky with the types of players that were out in those matchups, and that really benefited them. And, and, and there's injuries. Well, I'm, again, I'm not trying to diss Gonzaga at all. It's just that's really helped them. Yeah. And unfortunately, UConn being fully healthy, that's going to be a really tough hurdle for them to solve. Yep. To the Sunday games, 220 Eastern, Creighton and San Diego State. With regards to the side, I think, Jake, we both kind of uh, muddled our words around into landing on Creighton should be favored. If you want to ask me who wins, I probably lean Creighton, but at plus odds, I probably take San Diego State. Model says Creighton by 1.4, says it'd be favored minus 113. So if you're looking at a minus 115, minus 105, I lay the minus 115 with Creighton. If it's minus 120, even money, or where I'm seeing now minus 125, plus 105, I'm on the plus 105 with San Diego State. Creighton should win this slightly more than the lose. Model says 53% of the time, but this should be a really good game. It should be, might be the, it's the tightest game according to the spread, according to model projections of the four. I have no idea who wins. You've got a really good Creighton team that I've been talking up all you know, tournament long that I, I thought they could get past Baylor. And that was pretty easy, of course, sadly for me. Um, but they're a really good team, really undervalued. I've got them as the 10th best team in the country. But this San Diego State team, again, I sound like a broken record, but I've been saying it for a long time now. If you just blindly back this team on the money line as of late, they have been rolling the last couple of months. They keep getting it done. They're up to 15th in my rankings, and they might even should be higher than that. I mean, they're playing really, really well right now. I don't know who wins. It should be a tight contest. We're going to stick to the under because, again, if you've been watching, San Diego State unders have been 
just no no doubters. You know, at this point, you just got to dance with the girl that brung you. One thirty three and a half, too many points. Models is one thirty one. But again, I've been keep saying it. The, no no projection system has been able to keep up with just how low San Diego State games have been. If I just were to use the data from the last couple of months, this total should probably be more in the low one twenties. Would be probably more accurate with the way San Diego State plays. I don't think we get to one thirty. Just going to keep writing that. Their defense, their pace. Creighton doesn't really play fast. They play kind of an average pace. They're kind of a team that, as you mentioned, with a Florida Atlantic, they'll kind of play with you. If you want to play a little faster, they'll go a little faster. And and that's exactly what happened against Princeton, which I think was kind of surprising for all of us. They both just were like running up and down the court like crazy, and that was a little bit surprising. But you can't run up and down the court against San Diego State. They are not going to allow it. You saw they didn't allow Alabama to do it, and Alabama is probably the fastest team in the country. Creighton ain't going to do it either, right? Oh, I don't know why you would try. It's just not going to happen. Um, under seems like a smart play here. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, I love the under. San Diego State's defense is outrageous at this point. They, in the month of March, they have had two teams break 60. One of those was Colorado State, which is weird. Um, but then you had Alabama at 64. I mean, it was both those got to 64. The, in that stretch, they've had four other games low, below 60. And, I mean, that's some decent offenses, too, with, like, Charleston's a decent offense. Furman's pretty good. Charleston I mean, plays Edward, pretty fast, too. Yeah, I mean, Utah State got 57. Like, it's, you know, they, their defense just locks you down and they take the air out of the ball in the offense. I mean, last night they very, very much impressed me with Bradley not scoring to, what, like five minutes left to go, maybe. Yeah. Like, I thought him having no points through all that game was just going to be the – the nail like they're they're there and just their guy couldn't show up but that's why they went out and got trampled this year because he carried seattle he carried them last night showed up when bradley couldn't uh props to dutcher dutcher uh he has been all over it with game plan wise just been killing it creighton's offense has been a beautiful thing right now i'm sorry that i know that hurts but i mean they're making defenses look lost and it's Really impressive, but I think we get a game much more similar to the first game they played in the tournament with that NC State game um, with City of State being able to slow the game down. They're so disciplined. Yeah. They don't get yep. sped up no matter what you do. The, o- the only time they speed up is if they have a wide open layup and they had against the Bama, they had a turnover. If they get the layup, they're not going to pass. Otherwise, yeah. if it's like a, if it's like a two on one, they're like dribbling it up to the corner and waiting. It's like they, they aren't trying to push it and do anything crazy. It's it's if it's wide open. Yes. Otherwise, they are not pressing. It's just like you said, just insane, insane discipline. Yeah. And I'm, it's just this game is going to be a, a true chess match on because yeah. McDermott is a amazing offensive mind and i mean he's got guys that are shooting everywhere i mean shire shireman could not miss if he wanted to he shot some absolutely dumb looking shots that went in against princeton and they needed them so i just man i I just i don't know who's gonna win i think it might be creighton my money will be on san diego state but the unders were the vast majority of my money on this game will be yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there. And uh, the last thing I want to say is I, I know Creighton has looked really good. Again, by the time you get to the Elite Eight, every team is looking really good. So if you're picking against someone uh, or picking against something happening, you're picking against something that's been going that way, right? That's just the way it goes at this point of the tournament. Uh, I think Creighton could win. I just think if they win, it's going to have to be based off the fact that their defense is pretty good and that they win a rock fight. I don't think they are going to be able to get this into a shootout. They did against Princeton, but San Diego State's a different animal. Again, just look back at what San Diego State did to Alabama. I think that's the same sort of thing that happens here, except Alabama still pushes way more than Creighton does. I think this game's going to have a hard time getting to 130. 
And uh, again, who knows who wins, but I think it's much more likely to be a rock fight than a speed fest. Wrapping up the Elite Eight, Miami and Texas. Um, uh, you know, first things first, Miami, you know, shouldn't have beat Drake, but doesn't matter. They're here. And uh, we talk about it with, uh, I believe that USC is team back in the day is the one, the main one to talk about when they were an 11 seed, made the first four, had no business being there. I think we all agreed they shouldn't have been. There were other teams that were more deserving. Didn't matter. They won the games and they made the Elite Eight. Props to them. Send them to Miami. They really got lucky to beat Drake, but that doesn't really matter because now they're here and in those two games since then, they have looked really good. If they play anything like these last two games, uh, they can beat this Texas team. Absolutely. If they play like they did against Drake, that's going to be a problem. And that's, of course, your fear is that you don't really know which Miami team's showing up. They struggled a little bit more so in the ACC tournament. So you just don't know which Miami you're going to get. But the odds here are the thing at plus 160 is just too good to pass up on Miami. You know, it's kind of 50 50. If you get bad Miami, they're going to lose this game. But if you get good Miami, it's hard. It's, it's going to be almost impossible to beat good Miami. And so at that point, I'm not saying it's quite 50 50. The model doesn't think it's that close. Model says Miami wins about 40% of the time. But, you know, we've got a good enough chance to get good Miami that the odds are worth it at plus 160. So that's why we're backing the the Hurricanes here at this price. Texas, no idea if DSU is going to play or not. He was in a boot. I have him at 25% in my model that says Texas minus 3.4 is what the number should be. And that the correct money line price should be minus 158 for Texas. I was surprised at dropping him from 100% to 25%. Didn't adjust the spread and the projection as much as I thought it would. But this is, again, kind of a little bit of the downside of the computer systems of it's a pretty intricate model, but there is a little bit about, you know, size and style and different things like that. Losing Disu, I think, probably hurts a little bit more than the model realizes. Uh, Jake, you you had a pretty good explanation of that, so I'll let, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, look, it's not that he is this much more important or anything as, as the ability. It's just, it takes a weapon out of an arsenal. And like, if you go back to that Penn state game, Texas was struggling and then he steps up and dominates the game. Well, now he, if he's no longer there or if he's not able, that just takes that weapon out or that ability out to have him step up. Now you, that's just not as much room for error on your team anymore. And he's a very good player can shoot, can score with the back to his bucket. He's very versatile really helps their lineup out, which I think is a big <laughs> negative here with a guy like Omir out there. Because, I mean, if you want to t- trace back Miami's struggles, it has been when Omir is not good or injured. Yep. The, the Duke loss uh, was in the ACC tournament. He got hurt in the first minute. Yep. First game back against Drake, let's call it, it Russ. Definitely, yeah, definitely not himself in that game. Yep. And, yeah. The next two, they've been dominant. It's so it's hard to believe that one guy changes that Miami team so much, but it it really does. It just allows them to play a totally different style of ball. Larinaga is a great coach. This is going to be a great game. I think the plus odds on Miami, they just seem to do whatever it is they need to get done. I mean, they put up 89 on my on Houston. It could have had 100 Seems if they wanted it. Which, Seems impossible. Like that was the first time Houston let up 80 all year. And that was a full strength Houston. I mean, maybe yeah. not all, everybody at 100%, but I mean, that was everybody. But no, yeah, no different than any other team. Everybody's got nicked up. It's nicked yeah. up. It's not, I mean, everybody played the last game. So it wasn't like, and had five days off, you know, rest. So yeah, it's not, or four days off, whatever. It's not, it's not like it was a, uh, 
half the guys playing at 50% type thing. I mean, that's yeah. mostly, they were as full strength as anybody is this time of year. Uh, yeah, I'm with, it was just incredible performance by, by my ear. Just cannot, cannot say enough about that. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about is they won their championship that night, did something where they, they were actually favored. So that worries me a little bit, but I don't think Laranega will do it. He got, like, his, he took George Mason and absolutely showed something with them. Great coach. Texas, I'm, I'm worried here. I, their defense has not been great. Their offense has been really hot. I think if we get into a scoring contest, I think that leans Miami's way. They've just Wong and Pack and Poplar and Almir and all the, like. They just keep bringing shooters off the bench. And I, I just don't think Texas has exact the exact same offensive talent. They're really glad to step it up on the defensive end. So like with right now, I'm seeing the over or the total around like 150. I, I like the over because I think these teams are going to shoot lights out. Because I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop that. Like, I know Miami's defense, not very good. It hasn't really been good all year, so that builds well for Texas. But uh, I think Miami's offense is so much better than Texas' defense that it's going to be a wash on that end. It's who makes the most shots. Yeah, and it's it's worth pointing out, like we do with the other teams, that Texas has had a little bit of a, a, a luck spell here, too. They got insanely hot from three in that first game. Could have easily lost it had things gone different. I mean, Colgate was a dangerous opponent. They just, Texas shot like 60 some odd percent from three. What are you going to do, right? Got a little lucky against Penn State who just went cold from three. And that's all Penn State does. And that's, I don't want to say that's Texas recipe. Texas is a really good team again, not to take a single thing away from them. But if Miami goes cold, like Penn State goes cold, Texas is going to win this game. And they're a good enough team that you can't, you know, they're a good enough team that the other team goes cold, they will win. They, they aren't going to blow it, right? And and that's kind of their hope here. But I mean, that Penn State team going cold helped them out. And then Xavier, again, you know, played not a full string. They, they played admirably without Fremantle. But again, it wasn't the team that they wanted. Uh, and, and they went cold as well. So, I mean, Texas has been... The def- the the points allowed has been good, but I don't I'm not convinced. Like I'm saying, I'm not convinced it's a defense as much as it is the other team just going cold a, a little bit. We'll find out with Miami because Miami is just a complete well-oiled offensive machine with so many guards that can do so much to you. And we'll find out if this Texas defense, I mean, this is going to be their toughest challenge. And I'm, I think I think it's been a little bit of luck that these teams have gone cold. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's really good defense, but we'll find out here because they're going to need every bit of defense they can to prevent Miami from scoring. And so, uh, Jake, you like the over. You think Miami's going to be able to do what other teams couldn't do against Texas and score. And like so Miami's defense isn't that great. Texas should score. You think it's going to be a shootout. And I'm, I'm with you. If, give me a shootout. A, it'll be fun. B, give me plus 160 in a shootout. Again, we're not saying that Miami is more likely to win. I do not think they win if you ask me to pick who wins, but we have to consider the odds and the long-term bankroll management. And plus 160 is great value. It's the same principles we're going to talk about baseball all the time. You're going to hear me say it a lot. We're taking a team plus 60, one plus 160, not because we think they do win, but because we think if we bet this game 12 times, we think we win six of them or five of them and five of the 12 is what we need to make plus 160 profitable. So we're not really concerned about our record. We're concerned about our profit in the long run. And that's what we're talking about here. Plus 160, just too good to pass up on the Hurricanes, especially with the way they played. I mean, if they did that to Houston, they could do that to anybody. Yeah, if I, if I had to pick one of these four games to hit overtime, I think I would choose this one because I just don't think the defenses will make the stops needed like at a late game because I think it'll be close. Like those late game stops, I don't think are going to happen. I think we're going to get points, and then somebody's going to miss a free throw and then hit a three, and then we're going to end up in overtime. We've had just one overtime, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kansas State and Michigan State. 
I feel like we're going to get four this weekend. All four of these are going oh, over oh, them. That would be amazing. All four of Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But, but I mean, I, I, all of them. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the goal. We're going to shoot. We're going to aim high, all right? And if you know, if we miss the moon, we land amongst the stars or whatever that, yeah. that nonsense is. Yeah, yeah, that's saying. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, all four of these games could be really close. So I, I, I hope we get at least a couple overtimes because I'm really excited for all of these. Uh, Jake, that's all we've got here. We are going to do a show early next week to cover the NIT semis along with the final four. So that'll be out sometime early next week. Uh, otherwise, Jake, any parting words as we're wrapping up college basketball season? Baseball starts next Thursday. So Wednesday night, we'll have a baseball episode. Woohoo. Uh, props to, I'm, I wish I could read your username, but it's ESPN fan, blah, 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 blah. Look, three of her final four still left. She has FAU winning it all. Props to you. I mean, you're you're doing a lot better than ninety percent of the teams out there or people out there. Yeah, I can't believe somebody picked FAU to win it all. But I mean, it's 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 on the table. Uh, again, like I said, I thought they were underrated. I I, I just you know I didn't that, think they would not to that extent. I didn't think they win it all. But I mean, they look really good. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a great tournament so far. Hopefully, we have a good weekend here. Uh, otherwise, though, thanks for tuning this episode. Picks with the professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content front of this channel. Jumped right into your feed. Getting back with that NIT and Final Four episode later on in baseball. Wednesday night, we'll have a baseball episode. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.